Good morning, Timberlake Church. It's so good to be with you on this fourth Sunday of Advent. The reading for this Sunday is from Ezekiel 37, verses 1 through 10. Listen for the word of God. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, and he set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. He said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord." So I prophesied as I had been commanded. And as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked, and there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, mortal, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, a vast multitude. I wonder, have you ever been surrounded by dry bones? Have you ever walked through the valley of the shadow of death? Have you ever been in a situation that was so bad you wondered if anything good could come out of it? All of us have had difficult seasons in our lives, what St. John of the Cross called the dark night of the soul. The dark night of the soul. Maybe we call it spiritual crisis or spiritual warfare. These are the seasons of our lives that leave us full of doubt, that leave us in the dark. For a lot of us, this surprisingly maybe comes during the holidays. Because this is the time of year, right, when it seems like we're supposed to be happy, and yet we're not always happy, are we? Some of us struggle with depression or with anxiety, or with addiction. Or maybe Christmas is a time when more than usual, we miss our loved ones who have died. I hope it is some small comfort for us this morning that we are not the first ones to have walked in the valley of the dry bones. The prophet Ezekiel walked there hundreds of years ago, and his vision is one of the most terrifying and yet awe-inspiring images in all of the scriptures. Maybe you know the story. God's people had been driven into exile. They were dispersed throughout the land, and Ezekiel, the prophet of God, found himself living as a refugee under a weakening Assyrian empire. And in chapter 37, we see a spiritual picture of the Israelites' very real crisis. Ezekiel said in verses 1 and 2, The hand of the Lord came upon me, And he set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. For Ezekiel, the scattered bones represented the people of God. They were exiled. 
they were scattered, they were far from home, and most of all, they were dry and lifeless. For some of us, it's not hard to imagine the people of God this way. Most of us have lived through decades of church decline. Some of you even remember the 60s. How many of you remember the 1960s? Yeah. Since we had a peak back in the 1960s, church membership and church participation has been steadily decreasing. Year after year, decade after decade, church attendance has been going down and down. Even Timberlake, we've seen our own season of decline over the past few years. Forget the church for just a second. How about each of our lives? Each of us have had seasons in our lives when we felt like we ran out of spiritual vitality, when we felt far away from God, when we felt like we were grieving or or we were broken or we were afraid. On Monday, we hosted the funeral for our beloved brother, Gene Farley, uh, who died. And then the very next day, on Tuesday, we hosted the funeral for 8-year-old Wesley Schaefer who died after a long battle with cancer. And so when I left the building here on Tuesday night after these two funerals back-to-back, i got to tell you, I was exhausted. Physically and spiritually, we continue to grieve for these families who have lost loved ones. And we wonder, we wonder, is there any hope? Is there any hope in the midst of the death of someone we love, in the midst of a season where there is darkness and doubt, is there any hope? In the valley of the dry bones, God said to Ezekiel in verse 3, can these bones live? Can these bones live? Maybe we've asked the same question. Can things get any better? Could our church possibly ever grow again? Will I ever find healing and peace in my life again? And then Ezekiel responded to God in faith. Oh, Lord God, you know. You know. Now, we could understand if Ezekiel had said, no, no, God, no way. (laughs) No, these bones can't live. Have you seen them? There's no life in them. It sure didn't look like they could live again. And yet, instead of accepting defeat, Ezekiel trusted God. And then God said to Ezekiel in verses 4 and 5 and 6, he said, Prophesy to these bones, tell them, thus says the Lord, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will cause flesh to come upon you and put breath in you, and you shall live. My friends, this is the power of God in us. God can make the dead live again. God can heal the brokenhearted God can shine light into the darkness of our lives. And this is the good news of Christmas. Jesus has been sent so that we can have new life. Jesus has been sent to the earth so that we can have new life. This is the greatest good news of all time, right? So let's be sure that we don't understate it. Let's be sure that we don't undersell what God is doing in the world. You know, too often we settle. We settle for a gospel that says, you know, everything's fine, you're okay, I'm okay, everybody's okay. It's sort of a spiritual version of don't worry, be happy, right? But, but that's not it at all. That, that's, that's not the gospel at all. Jesus has done so much more for us than that. The truth of the gospel is that in Jesus, God is overcoming all the limitations that we face. 
Jesus is overcoming the limitations of our sin, even of death itself. And the fruit of God's work in the world is nothing less than total transformation. Even now, right as we speak, God is working on a new heaven and a new earth. The scriptures testify to it. God is making a new heaven and a new earth. And here's the good news for you, my friend. If you open your heart, God is working on a new you. God is working on a new you today. Not just a slightly better version of yourself so that, you know, you're basically the same person as you always have been, except maybe you pray a little more or you give a little more, but a totally new person. Not just bones that are a little less dry than before, but bones that are now covered in flesh that once more breathe the breath of life. I want to try to show you what I mean uh, in 1992, a British runner named Derek Redmond was competing in the Olympics in Barcelona. I wonder if you remember those Olympic Games. Uh, he was in Barcelona. He was set to run the race of his life. It was the 400 meters. This was his event. Uh, this was his big time. It was the semifinal race. And we've got a video clip that we want to show you from that race. 1992, Derek Redmond running the 400 meters. And I want you to uh, appreciate what happened in that race. I'm remembered for two things. One, for being a part of the winning relay team that defeated the Americans in the 1991 World Championships. But the most famous thing that I'm known for is actually not finishing a race, and it's for the race in Barcelona. Unfortunately, I'd had a few injury problems, mainly with Achilles tendons, and that sort of hampered me through my career. But by the time I was in Barcelona, it felt great. There was no issues, no problems. Derek Redmond, the best form he's shown since he broke the British record, which was way back in 87. And I remember thinking, I'm going to win this race. The gun goes. Well. And I had a really good start. Redmond's got off very fast indeed. I'm flowing down the back straight. And as I describe it, I hear a funny pop. And two or three strides later is then when I felt it. And I felt the sort of the rip of the hamstring. Redmond has broken down. He's on the track, kneeling down. And Derek Redmond, on his injury problem, the jinx has struck again. And I just remember having my hand on the back of the leg and just sort of collapsing to the floor in, in pain. Then I remembered where I was. And it was just like, you're in the Olympic semi-final. And that's pretty much what, what made me get up and, and, and start to, to run uh, or hobble. And I just thought, you know what, I'm going to finish this race. Um, it might be the last race I ever run, so I'm going to finish it. Not for anybody else, I'm going to finish it for me. And I was just about to start into the home straight, and I could sense this person on my left-hand side. And then I heard a, a very familiar voice shout out, Derek, it's me. And instantly I knew who it was. It was, it was my dad. Up until then, I'd managed to keep all my emotions in and hold it together relatively well. But as soon as I saw him, that was it. And, you know, I lost it all and I was in tears. I thought, I can't believe, I can't believe this has happened. Why me, you know? With his track record and injuries, it may be his only Olympic appearance. He just can't hold it. He would always have been there 
with me and he spent many a year standing on the sidelines in the middle of the winter with a coffee in his hands trying to keep warm and all he was saying was look you've got nothing to prove you're a champion to us you'll be back don't worry we'll do this together I just said to him get me back into lane five I want to finish I want to finish just get me back into lane five and the joke that I always make about that is the first and last and only time I've ever been able to shout at my dad and get away with it. You know, any other time as a kid, you would have got a quick smack round the ear and told, oi, less of your cheek. We still had officials trying to, to, to stop us. And they're not quite sure what to do. They're thinking, who's this crazy man that's just walked onto the track? Is What's going on? All this sort of stuff. And right up until the point I'd gone over the line and walked through the line, I had no idea the reaction it was having on the crowd. And I sort of, you know, had a look around. People were going absolutely mad. Everyone's on their feet and all this sort of stuff. If you get a chance, uh, if you're listening at home, go onto YouTube and uh, check out the video. It's worth seeing. It's it's pretty awesome. Uh, Derek narrates it really well, and um, it's neat to see as his dad is coming alongside him. The track officials are coming and trying to stop them, and Derek's dad is just shooing them away and kind of has this determined look on his face like he's going to help his son. Um, so, so Derek retells the story, and he said, I heard a familiar voice uh, say, Derek, it's me, and it was his dad. It was his dad who came alongside him to help him when he had uh, injured his hamstring in that race. And later, Derek would say about that event, he would say he was the only one, meaning his dad, he was the only one who could have helped me because he was the only one who knew what I had been through. He was the only one who could have helped me because he was the only one who knew what I had been through. My friends, no matter what you have been through, there is one who knows all about it. On Christmas, the creator of the world, the God of heaven has come to this earth to walk with you to carry you, to give you a fresh start, to give you new life. Thus says the Lord God, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will cause flesh to come upon you and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Amen.